Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I am thankful to be joined once again remotely today by Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Good morning, Megan. How are you today? Great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for for joining and uh, for for bringing us our monthly monthly updates. Is your is your month going well to this month? It is going very well. You know, we just uh, you know getting those third quarter reports coming out mm-hmm. and and heading into the holidays here. So definitely definitely busy in the office, but that's good. Yeah, it's almost Thanksgiving. You've got your you got know. your turkey picked out. We do. It's ready to go. It's a good thing. Wrapped I heard, I heard turkeys freezer. are kind of hard to come by. Is that is that going to be in your report? <laughs> no, that is not in the report. I've heard the same thing, but I have not experienced that firsthand. <laughs> but yeah. All right. If you see one, grab it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a hoard, hoard on turkeys. Hoard, hoarding turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. And uh, what, what do you want to start with this week? The positives or the negatives? Let's, uh, let's start with the positives because we're still riding that train here. Um, Continue to see the positives outweighing the negatives. Um, kind of the same story that we've been seeing the the majority of this year as we continue into that recovery. Um, so so once again, we'll start kind of with the the jobs um, reports that have came out mm-hmm. uh, for October. So continue to see see positive news there. We added um, five hundred thirty one thousand jobs in October, which was well above the 450,000 expectation, you know, that also um, led into the employment rate um, edging down slightly to 4.6%, which is a a new pandemic low. Um, The most disappointing uh, part of the entire jobs report um, was that number of people who came back into the labor force. Um, So that labor force participation rate only only rose by 104,000, which has left the rates um, at, at a pretty low number of 61.6%. So to, to combat this kind of resistance or hesitation to, to come back into the um, labor force, businesses have, have tried to attract more workers by raising that pay, offering bonuses, um, signing bonuses, or improving uh, benefits. So that has led to um, hourly wages uh, jumping, jumping up again in October, and they've we've seen them rise 4.9% over the last year, uh, which is one of the sharpest increases we've seen in decades. Oh, There's, um, yeah, yeah. So um, a rapidly dwindling number of coronavirus cases that we've seen here recently have kind of paved the way for the the, the economy to speed up, but the but the lack of workers that we're seeing still poses a, a, a potential roadblock. So the hope is um, that the, the the continuation of the fading of the pandemic, this higher pay that businesses are offering with the, the reopening of schools and the end of emergency unemployment benefits will push more people back into that, into that labor force as uh, you know, with those emergency unemployment benefits ending, um, nine million people lost those benefits. So, so we could see a, a resurgence back into into the labor force. So that's the hope. 
Excellent. Um, yeah. So, so continuing with jobs, um, we'll look at another number that we, that our team likes to look at every month. Um, the initial jobless claims, they did drop, um, again by 14,000 down to 269,000 at the end of October. Um, the four week moving average, which, which tends to be a more reliable number, less, um, less all over the place was, was 284,750 which was a decrease of 15,000 from the previous week's average. Uh, This is the lowest level we've seen since March of last year when it was 225,500, so pre-pandemic. And the economy appears to be speeding up again as as the Delta variant of the coronavirus feeds. But again, that ongoing shortage of labor might not dissipate so easily some 5 million people who had jobs before the pandemic still have not returned to work and it still remains unclear if they're if they'll do so so to be continued right right something we continue watching closely um some uh, some other numbers we like to look at that we we remind you of month after month are those ism the institute for Mm -hmm. supply management numbers you got it yeah see you can start We're, doing I'm, this podcast I'm, I'm, I'm on your own. <laughs> Not even a close. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we like to look at those numbers, both the manufacturing and the service side. Um, manufacturing, again, equating for about 30% of our economy, services about 70%, you know, two-thirds um, mm-hmm. of the economy. Um, but both continue to report exceptional growth levels. Um Manufacturing index did slip slightly down to 60.8%, down from 61.1 in September, still well above that 60% um, exceptional growth level. So great numbers put out for their new orders, their production, employment, um, export orders, and backlog of orders, all of which remained in that um, exceptional expansion territory. Um, Manufacturing, again, just reiterating that, struggle um, with with labor shortages. Um, they're also struggling with supply and shipping difficulties. I'm sure you've seen the stories about the the cargo ships off the coast of California yeah. having issues. Um, yeah, the backlog you know. number is just on a boat somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So continue to see see some struggles there. Um, labor shortages are really at the at the heart of, of the woes. But despite these constraints that that manufacturing is seeing, the sector has been able to continue to grow and sentiment in the industry remains uh, strong. So so that's good. Um, Looking over at the service index, again, the the larger side, um, they reached an all-time high um, ever, 66.7% in October, up over, you know, almost 5% from, from September. And again, seeing excellent numbers in production, new orders, new export orders, and backlog of, of orders, um, all rising and all reporting above the that exceptional growth level um, in actually all of the 18 um, industries uh, reported growth in October. So, so really, what's driving this is is the fall in coronavirus cases, which is is tied to the highly contagious Delta variant. Um, has given Americans the confidence to go go outside again, spend more freely at restaurants, uh, hotels, airports, you know, all the fun stuff. Um, 
And that's really given a boost to the service side of the U.S. economy, which, again, employs the vast majority of Americans. Um, looking at the, the concerns, again, I hate to keep reiterating it, but again, it's those, those shortages of, of workers and supplies. It's, you know, that's the common theme we've been seeing for the majority of this economic recovery. Um, companies just can't find enough people to hire or get enough materials to produce as many goods and services as they would like to sell. Right. So um, moving down, looking at uh, GDP, um, so gross domestic products, mm -hmm. huge, huge indicator of how, how our economy is doing. Um, and it, it, looking at that, according to the advanced reading report, it, um, the U.S. GDP grew at 2% uh, for the third quarter of 2021, which um, was pretty soft. It was below that, that consensus number of 2.7%, that uh, consensus forecast number, and, and down significantly from the 6% plus growth that we saw in the first and second quarters of this year. So what that what they're kind of leading that back to is the, the slowdown the, for the slowdown in the in the third quarter is really the fading government support for the economy. Those bottlenecks that we continue to see, um, particularly in in workers and the surge in cases of the coronavirus Delta variant, because, you know, now it's it's um, kind of quieting down. But if you recall, at the beginning of the third quarter, that's really when the Delta variant started taking off. So, um, so, so they're blaming the softness for the third quarter kind of on those factors. Um, and while the talk of stagflation, um, which is slower economic growth and higher inflation, will likely pick up um, after the data, in, in general, economists think that the slowdown in the third quarter will be a temporary soft patch and growth will accelerate this um, during this last quarter, the fourth quarter and into 2022. Um, currently, expectations for the fourth quarter for GDP sit at around 8.5% growth. And that's um, the GDP now forecast that comes out from the Atlanta Fed. So, so still, still growing, but just a, a little softer than, than was anticipated. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah, so that kind of wraps up um, the positives. We can we can look over to the negatives for some of those some of those data points that come out, or some of those um, you know what's what's happening in our in our economy and in our market that we continue to be um, potential headwinds for this recovery. Um, sure. Obviously, um, COVID nineteen remains the, the the top of that. <laughs> you don't um, say. <laughs> you don't say, huh? It's been yeah, it's been up there for you know the last year and nine months it's been, or so. it's been there since we started this podcast this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of these days eric one of these days <laughs> it won't be the top of the list um i look forward but to <laughs> me too uh some new news right mm -hmm. um the the path of covid19 really remains the most important driver of economic growth throughout this year and in 2022 um the absolute number of cases in the u.s does appear to finally be heading down but but uh it's getting colder. People yeah. are starting to move indoors. And that's been, you know, that's proven to be the most dangerous time. So the holidays, families are getting together. There's parties. Um, so our base case does remain that the vaccines and, and the new newly developed antiviral pills will be effective and will allow for accelerated growth, economic growth into, into 2022. Um, looking at 
looking at valuations. Um, you know, they've also been equity valuations have, have been um, fairly high. They have come down over the course of 2021 due to stronger than expected earnings growth. Um, but valuations re remain a concern. Um, if strong earnings growth can continue, um, this will be no problem. But if higher levels of, of that inflation that we briefly discussed and, and supply chain issues sap earnings momentum, markets could be vulnerable. Um, so we could see potentially higher levels of volatility uh, within the market. So uh, continue to pad portfolios with, with just the expectation of some heightened volatility. Um, uh, Something else, you know, we've been reading about here over the last couple months, um, China, uh, you know, pretty big economy. Um, what, what happens to them is pretty impactful to the, to the global market. Um, Chinese real estate market issues, um, increased Chinese government regulatory scrutiny, and China's zero COVID policy um, continue to hamper uh, one of the globe's main growth engines. Um, China's economy is slowing faster than expected uh, post-pandemic amid the fallout from, from a widespread crackdown by Beijing on a range of companies, um, including a sharp decline in internet stocks and the crossfire, debt troubles. I'm sure you've been reading about that in the, in the news um, for those leveraged property sectors. Um, and power shortages as China tries to grapple with the climate. So we continue to monitor this. Um, again, a large economy, very impactful on the, on the global level. Um, and and to, to wrap up the negatives, um, we'll, we'll round it out with that inflation that we briefly touched on. Um, you know, the cost of living has, I'm sure you, your wallet's felt it, I know mine has. Um, the cost of living has certainly rose. Right. Um, and continue to rise in October um, as, as we paid more for staples such as gas and groceries, which has pushed the rate of inflation to one year high, um, something we haven't seen since the early 90s and has added financial pressure on US households. Um, the headline CPI that just recently came out for October rose 6.2% year over year. Hmm. It was driven by those increases in, in prices on food and, and uh, you know, rent, shelter. Um, and that's more than triple the Federal Reserve's 2% target. And again, it's the highest rate we've seen since since the 1990s, um, early 1990s. Um, high inflation, we, we think, is set to persist because of ongoing shortages of, again, that labor and those supplies. Um, so it's, it's unlikely to ease um, anytime soon. So, so um, gotcha. definitely, a, definitely a concern there with with inflation. Um, do you have any, Eric? Do you have any questions on anything that that I covered here today, positives or negatives? No, I mean overall, it sounds like you know there there are still a lot of positives in the market, but there's definitely some some things that are cause for for pause and and for absolutely um, to to keep an eye on from the whether it be the stagflation you talked about can you can you explain stagflation a little bit more to to our listeners yeah so i'm, I'm actually i'm sure um it's a term that that most of our listeners have have heard mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. um so again i'll i'll uh, go back and, and and briefly touch on that here mm -hmm. so stagflation is that um like that persistent high inflation 
which is combined with that high unemployment and stagnant demand in a country's economy. So, so what we're looking at, what we think could cause stagflation is this higher level of inflation that we've been viewing, this abnormally high level of stag or of inflation. And the concern is with the um, kind of the resistance of people to enter, of entering back into that, that labor force mm -hmm. um, could cause some stagflation. Gotcha. Okay. So wrapping up, do you have any, any conclusions or, or where, where, what's the stance right now with the, with the wealth area? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, kind of looking back more towards the, you know, the, well, I guess the middle of the quarter seems so long ago, um, <laughs> September, um, you know, the market was heading down, um, nude was grim, but as we came into October, um, Moving into the final trading week in October, the S&P 500 has recouped all and more of the loss that it experienced in September. This is seasonally, too, the strongest time for stocks. Kind of kind of roll over through the holidays into the new year. Um, so though those supply headwinds that we that we continue to to reiterate, those supply headwinds, they, they persist and, and that GDP for the third quarter growth certainly underwhelmed, underwhelmed expectations. Um, most economic data continues to build on strengthening momentum seen at the end of the quarter um, as the delta wave of, of COVID-19 continues to recede. And at the, at the November um, FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting, so our Fed, um, the committee officially announced its plans to taper its its net asset purchases. Oh, the taper tantrum, right? <laughs> yeah, taper, not a good word. But anyway, um, plans they plan to taper their asset purchases beginning in mid mid November. Um, but what we like to remind people is tapering does not imply raising interest rates. It's not imminent. Um, the the committee appears to be putting a bigger emphasis. On, on reaching maximum employment um, that we continue to struggle with. So really focusing on reaching that maximum employment next year as, as a necessary condition to begin um, rate hikes. Um, you know, obviously this condition could be met, but, but there's certainly still some ground that we need to cover. Awesome. Uh, in, any final thoughts before we wrap up, Megan? All right. You know, a lot of thoughts, Eric, but I think that's all I have for today. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, I want to sincerely thank you, Megan, for joining me today and providing uh, such helpful insights. If, if any of our listeners have a question or maybe they want to learn more about stagflation or, or some of the topics that we've talked about, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Yeah, sure. So if you go to www.mybank.com, you uh, select the wealth tab. There will be um, some beautiful faces that appear. You can select the the account officer that is is closest to you. Please feel feel free to to shoot us an email or, or give us a call. Um, we'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Excellent, Megan Kinsinger, portfolio manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Megan, thank you again. Thank you, Eric. That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First.
first united, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.